This month, we're looking at community. When we pick up the Bible and when we check out the New Testament and we look at how Jesus lived, community was an integral part of his life. From what's recorded in the Gospels, you see pages and pages and stories and stories talking of Jesus doing life with the disciples. Stories of Jesus going and eating meals with people, hospitality and and serving and so many beautiful things. But today, I'm going to be talking to you about friendship. And so first off, I want to ask you a question, and it's a question that you can just shout out an answer to me. But I I want you to just give me, you know, in, in one word or two words, what's important in friendship to you? What does friendship mean to you? Just yell it out. Trust. That's good. Yep. Shared experiences. Loyalty. That's good. Love. That's good. Food. Yes, that's the right answer. Commitment. That's good. Anything else? What else? Acceptance. Yep. Fun. Yep. Fun. Love. Yep. More love. Space to talk. Oh, I like that. Space to listen. Oh, even better. (laughs) Even better. Common effort. Oh, I like that. That's good. Comfortable clothes. No makeup. I like that. Being real. That's good with friends. Caring. Yes. Vulnerability. Oh, that's a good word. Anything else? There's, I mean, there's lots of, like, there are so many things that it means to be a friend. I was doing some research this week about friendship and looking into it, and I stumbled across an absolute master of friendship. Now, this guy, he knows what he's talking about. He is well-researched. He is funny. He's great to listen to. And so I've just got, I've pulled up a two-minute clip. Don't pull it up just yet, but we're going to play a couple-of-minute clip from this guy, and he's going to share with you what friendship looks like to him. Come over. We love having friends over. Oh, thanks, Cookie Yeah, you're good to play with. We love to play. I love to play with you. Yeah, but now it's snack time. Snack time! Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah, my yeah. tummy's rumbling. Oh, I'm boy. Oh, cookie! Oh. Cookie! Ha! Let me get you. Uh. Um. You, you're hungry? Well, just a little bit. Sometimes me think, what is friend? And me think friend something very special. A friend, somebody to share your toys, to stay with and play with and make a lot of noise, to spin around until friend can dizzy and jump up and down until stomach get wheezy. And sometimes tell stories to a friend, yeah, somebody like you. Sometimes me think, what is friend? Friend something better than chocolate ice cream. A friend somebody to take to the park. A buddy to get money with. Till it start getting dark To laugh and joke And hippity-hoppit Or tickle and poke Till friend tell you to stop it And me can't think of any more 
Well, maybe friend somebody you give up last cookie for. Wait a minute, Cookie Monster. I have an idea. Why don't we just share the cookies? No, 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 no. You go ahead. Friend eat cookie. Oh. Yeah, there. Wow. Well, thanks, Cookie Monster. Wow. Me too. Strangely okay about this. Well, there you go. That's the message done for today. We can all go home. We've all learned about friendship. Friendship is about playing with your toys, giving up the last cookie, and strangely feeling okay about it. You know, there's a man in the Bible who's Jesus, and he gave up a lot of things for the people around him. Time and time again, he modeled friendship and he modeled it with sacrifice, with sacrificial love. And so today, I'm going to be just unpacking a little bit two things that I think are really, really important to friendship and tying it all back into sacrificial love for one another and selfless love and serving people. And so, if you want to open your Bibles to John chapter 13. And you can put your finger there. We're going to start in verse 1. John chapter 13, verse 1. Just put your finger there. The two words and the two things that I think are really important to friendship that I just want to touch on and kind of create some context for this story. The two words are connectedness and proximity. Connectedness and proximity. Now, the word connectedness means the state of being joined or linked with a feeling of belonging. The state of being joined or linked with the feeling of belonging. And the word proximity means nearness in space, time, and relationship. Nearness in space, time, and relationship. Here in John chapter 13, this is coming towards the end of Christ's time on earth. He spent the last two and a half years walking with his disciples, traveling with his disciples, teaching them, equipping them, watching them go out and do ministry. Uh, He's been healing the blind, raising the dead, casting out demons. You know, they've done it all. They've spent time eating together. They've spent time journeying together. Christ has revealed himself as Lord, like Peter has experienced Christ as Lord, and he knows that he is Lord. And we'll see, um, you, you can see later on in this chapter that, again, Peter talks to Jesus as if he is Lord. He's become aware of who he is and, and what's about to happen. And, and so these disciples and Jesus have walked on this earth intimately together for the last three years. They've done, they've done it all. They've spent time together. They've had conversations. They've, they've been rebuked by Jesus. They have history. They have history. They know of his greatness. They know of his call. They know that he is the Lord. They are fully aware of who Jesus is. And here in John chapter 13, knowing who Jesus is, Jesus does something that in that day and age and in that culture is quite, it's actually quite offensive, the act that we're about to read that Jesus did. So we'll read through it and then I'm going to unpack it a little bit. So in John chapter 13, verse 1, it was just before the Passover feast. 
And Jesus knew the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. So Jesus is setting this up. John, the beloved who wrote the book of John, has written that Jesus has shown his love to his disciples. They have an established relationship. They have connectedness. They have proximity. They've done life together for the last three years. That is established. And he now will show them the full extent of his love. And this is how he does it. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning back to God. And so he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. (laughs) And Peter replies to Jesus and is like, nah, (laughs) you will never wash my feet. And then Jesus says back to him, Peter, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered him saying, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet and his whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you are. For he knew one was going to betray him. And that's why he said not everyone was clean. It goes on to say a bit further down, Jesus is talking to him and he says, you call me teacher and Lord and rightfully so because that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set an example for you that you should do as I have done. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. There's a lot to unpack in here. There's a lot of little nuggets of just amazing wisdom. As I said in the beginning, in verse 1, we, we know from John, the beloved disciple, who was writing this passage that he says, Jesus has loved them. And now he's going to show them, provide them with an example of the full extent of his love. It goes on to say that Jesus, during the meal, he took off his outer garment. He wrapped a towel around his waist, grabbed a basin and began to wash their feet. We read that and we're like, oh, that's a really, it's a, it's a beautiful gesture. There aren't a whole lot of cultural implications in our day and age that would suggest that this is a bad thing to do. You know, if, if someone was to wash our feet or my feet or your feet, you may not really like it. 
Like, I know there are some people in this room that are really grossed out by feet, and that's okay. You may not like someone touching your feet and washing them, but, you know, it's a beautiful gesture. And there aren't a ton of, as I said, cultural implications that say it's a bad thing to do. In Jesus' time, a master, a host, a rabbi, a teacher, even a homeowner who owns the home and is hosting people in his home, it was so not acceptable for them to wash someone else's feet. It was beyond acceptable. Like washing of the feet was left for the, like the lowest of the servants in that day and age. Only the lowest servants could wash the feet of people there. And Jesus, the Lord, the teacher, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to show you the full extent of my love through this act. There's massive significance in that. We aren't subject to the same implications that Christ had. Like it's not unacceptable for us to wash one another's feet. And I'm not suggesting that we all, you know, go and wash each other's feet. But I'm saying that the display of Christ, displaying the full extent of his love, was incredibly costly in that day and age. And if we take that principle and we move it into today, where we live and where we operate, there are things that we can do to show the full extent of our love to others that may not culturally be normal, that may be slightly offensive, that may be really costly because of what's normal in in our reality, but we're called to do something else. Jesus was willing to pay the price, not just in dying on the cross, but he was willing to pay the price to go against what culture dictated was appropriate or not appropriate to show love, the full extent of his love to those that he did life with. I love that it's written in here that in the midst of Jesus going around, I can imagine Jesus is walking around the table, you know, and he starts with James and he's washing the feet of James and then John the Beloved is there and he's going and he's washing John's feet. And then, you know, he's going to Judas Iscariot and he's washing Judas's feet. And then he's going to Matthias and he's washing Matthias's feet. And then he's going to Bartholomew and he's washing his feet. And then he gets all the way around to Peter. And he's just watched, Peter's just watched Jesus wash, you know, five, 10 disciples' feet. And Peter's like, hang on a second, God. Hang on a second, Jesus. I'm not going to let you do this to me. I'm not going to let you do this to me. I'm going to say, no, you will never, ever wash my feet. That's a lot of audacity, isn't it? It's a lot of audacity to have the Lord of the earth, who you know is the Lord of the earth, displaying the full extent of his love. And while He's displaying it and he gets to Peter. Peter's like, no, you're not going to do that to me. Sometimes I think we can be a little bit like Peter. I know personally for me, there are times where I can be a little bit like Peter. You know, I, I find myself a lot in conversations with my lovely wife where we're talking and we're hanging out and, and then Lisa's like, Nathan, I need to tell you something. And she's like, do you want to sit down and we'll have a little chat? 
And I, my heart starts beating a little bit because I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble here, guys. <laughs> what have I done now? There's usually a lot of things that I have done that's deserving of a conversation. But because we're married and we're in a relationship and we're in covenant with one another and we do life together, sometimes showing the full extent of your love for someone is both comfortable and amazing things like telling them you love them, but sometimes it's also like, oh, hang on a second, can we have a chat about this? It's a little bit more serious and there might be some more implications with it. And so often I I find myself in these scenarios with Lisa where she's like, babe, do you remember this that happened? Do you remember when we were hanging out and we were talking and you said this or you did this and and I know that it wasn't your heart to do it that way, but it came across that way and, and telling me like, hey, this is something that affected me. And so often in those moments, I want to be like Peter and I want to be, nah, no, thank you. That isn't the case. That isn't the case. And more often than not, I have to stop myself and catch myself and I'm like, hang on a second. I know that Lisa loves me. I know that she cares for me. I know that we trust each other. We have history together. And I know that even in this moment where it might be something that's slightly uncomfortable, maybe I've got a little bit of pride like Peter had here in this story, but I need to be willing to accept the full extent of her love for me in this moment. You see, to be connected, or the word connectedness, the state of being joined or linked, the feeling of belonging, that comes when you approximate to one another, but the cost of proximity, the cost of proximity can sometimes be incredibly costly and it can be uncomfortable. But if we are to be disciples like Christ and we are to be people who live as Jesus lived, we have to be willing to show the full extent of our love and also to receive the full extent of love that people have for us, no matter the implications. We should take a leaf out of the booklet of the Cookie Monster who loves his cookies, loves his cookies. I love, who he loves cookies. And he loves chowing down on them. But friendship to him is being okay with giving up that last cookie in the jar. It's being okay with showing the full extent of his love and giving it to his friend, even if it means he's without. Jesus lowered himself In this passage, he lowered himself to the lowest cultural position he could be in. And he said, hang on a second. Let me show you the full extent of my love by serving you in the lowest of low ways. It was uncomfortable for him. It was probably uncomfortable. It was definitely uncomfortable for Peter. And then he goes on to say in the end of the passage that if you wish to understand, if you want to receive what I have taught you, if you want to know these things, and if you want to be blessed, then learn, understand, and do them too. 
Jesus set an example for what sacrificial love looked like. He set an example of how to love and to show the full extent of your love to the people that are around you. And he says, now, if you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them. And so what I want to leave you with today, what I, what I want you to, uh, to just be thinking about, conversing about over morning tea, whatever it may be, and, and but especially thinking about over the next month, as we dive into community, as we look at different aspects of relationships and we look at different aspects of friendships, is how can you show the people around you the full extent of your love? How can you show them the full extent of your love? How can you prioritize connectedness, choosing to be linked and joined and experience belonging? How can you be proximate to one another? Being near in space and in time and in relationship. But most of all, how can we model and follow the example of Christ who ignored what the world said was the thing to do and chose to do something that belittled himself but it displayed the full extent of his love to those around him. How can we be people that are willing to pay the price to display the full extent of our love to those around us? Let us be like Christ. Let us be like the cookie monster who gives up the last cookie in the jar. Let's be people that are willing to pay the price for the community that are around us, no matter what that price may be. Would you stand? I want to pray for you this morning. Yeah, God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. God, we thank you that you showed the full extent of your love to us by sending your son to this earth. by sending him into brokenness, into sin, and by placing your spirit on him to be the greatest teacher, the greatest rabbi, but also our Lord and our Savior. Jesus, I pray that we as a people, both as individuals and a collective, would be people willing to pay the price to show the full extent of our love to those around us. That as we discuss community and as we learn about discipleship and as we learn about relationship and and whatever comes over this next month, God, that in our conversation, in our thoughts and in our actions, would we display the full extent of love that we have for those around us, just as you did for us. God, would you give us um, the strength, but also the margin to prioritize connectedness and proximity to the people around us? God, for all those things that we shouted out at the beginning of this message, God, for the vulnerability, for the care, for the love, for the listening and the sharing, God, for the acceptance, 
Father, all these amazing attributes that we can see in the life of Jesus, I pray that they would grow, but I also pray that they would show that they would be magnified in our lives by your spirit, by your power over these next five weeks. We ask these things in your name, recognizing that it's by your spirit, by your power. It's through you that we live, move, and have our being. And I pray that we would remember that as we choose to show the full extent of our love this month and onwards. In your name we pray. Amen.